You ever wonder why we're here? Well, if the Fast and the Furious franchise taught me anything, it's all about family. <laughs> I have a concern. <laughs> I have a concern. It's all about family, time travel, and space travel. <laughs> and jumping cars into and off of build it. Oh, wait, that wait. actually fits extremely well. Does that mean the Rock is going to be a new? Oh, we we're we're pr- predicting too early. <laughs> See, I knew you guys would get it. Move aside, Elijah Wood. We have Dwayne the Rock Johnson cameoing. Welcome to RVB Recall. everyone to rvb recall we have a new season you guys it's been like 18 months it's fresh and i'm and i'm into it i think we all are i think we're all enjoying this so far so yes let me introduce to you my co-hosts plural this season hell yeah as always the wonderful megan salinas hey everybody and joining us for this season, hello, welcome to the madness, Mark Donica. I haven't been on a, a Red versus Blue show since our uh, previous uh, uh, platform, but it's really because, and, and I feel bad because I love the talent, I love the story, I love the crew, I love everything, but I was just, it was just weighing me down. But we've got a fresh cast, a fresh director, a fresh voice, a fresh soundtrack, and a fresh idea. And I'm so excited to be able to uh, enjoy this with y'all. And that's both you, my co-hosts, and everybody listening. Well, dude, we are super happy to have you back on board. Hell yeah. Somebody needs to be shotgun and somebody needs to be gunner. And I will let you guys fight that out amongst yourself because I'm Katie Cullen. I'm driving and I live here. (laughs) (laughs) I have lived in red versus blue for a decade. I thought and you meant a car. Oh, God, it's a dick. <laughs> yes, I, thought, I live in the car. I thought, like Jewel, you lived in a car. Look, rent in Los Angeles is really difficult. Oh, and legit. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all know that struggle. Uh, yeah, no, I have, for, for those of you who are just joining this podcast for the first time, welcome. We love you already. Uh, obviously, you are a person of great class and taste. Well, okay, a great person of great taste. Okay, well, you love red versus blue like we do. Uh, I have been in this fandom for 10 years, at least at this point. So hi, we are permanent fixtures and we are enjoying ourselves immensely. So let's swing into this. Let's talk about this first episode of season 18, or as they are calling it, and as it is listed in Verve, RVB Zero, entitled Viper. Because that's not fucking scary or anything. Cool. There's a. So we're gonna... <laughs> no, you had something. Go for it. There's a secret snake in every episode. Make sure to keep your eyes peeled for it. <laughs> I have nothing for that. I don't. I don't. It's like secret Mickey's, but they'll eat you. It's exactly. It's Precisely. Great. Most snakes are actually quite nice and will not attack unless threatened, so be good to snakes, and also our villains have named themselves after a snake, so maybe don't be so good to them. (sighs) Megan, you're looking thoughtful, and I'm waiting (laughs) for you to say something. I was going to say something about how snakes aren't going to eat you, but they're definitely poisonous and will bite, but uh, then you did a PSA, and I'm like, yes, snakes are good, and now I'm thinking about the Simpsons episode of Whacking Day. And I just, yeah, my mind is wandering this evening. Okay, so this is, again, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, 2020 has lasted for a thousand years, and we're still working on that. So we're going to break this down into two different parts, and I'm going to do this a little opposite of what we had, and I want to introduce Shatter Squad first. Because this is basically Red versus Blue does the Fast and the Furious, and so, of course, we must introduce our protagonists with a car chase. Woo! Now, see? See? This is what I'm talking about. All right. Talk about it. <laughs> no, no. After you. No, no, no. No, no. I insist. Tell me what you thought about our character introductions. 
this was a really fun way to introduce a group of characters. Like when you go back and you think about the very, very beginning of this series, how were we introduced to all of our main reds and blues? It was a bunch of guys standing in a box canyon, shooting the shit about nothing, <laughs> like literally nothing. And it was hilarious. And uh, it was a fantastic time. But obviously, the series has grown and evolved. And for this season, uh, you know, that's not really the way we do things anymore. And getting introduced to this, like, ragtag group of misfits via a car chase that definitely would have got... Although... Okay, so yeah, there's this really cool action car chase where Agent One pulls this crazy stunt in order to get ahead of her other teammates, and it's a ton of fun. But the whole point behind this car chase scene was that they did this on the way back of picking up their new rookie. So I look at this, and I'm like, one, this is a great introduction to every single one of these characters. And we do get like a vibe of sort of what they're all about. But it's also like this is uh, the rookie. Uh, the rookie is um, Agent Raymond, right? Yes. Uh, he's he's the rookie. This is also his first introduction to all these guys too. So I can't help but wonder if like the whole point of this car chase scene is to like show him, hey, this is what we're all about, or if they're actually sort of putting on more of a show because they have a rookie. You think they might be hazing? A little bit. I think that's a fair assessment. Eh, possibly. Mark, what do you think? I like them. I think there's a fair amount of a combination of some of our favorite parts of our previous heroes that can be found and they're represented in new ways. Um, I We haven't gotten a lot. I feel like we've gotten... A fair amount in this first scene but we've also gotten a lot in all of the trailers the intros and things like that we know that this is a well-accomplished team we know that one is willing to put her neck out for for said team like she her her confidence in her and her squad is seems unrivaled in the fact that they just committed a ridiculous amount of uh, uh, bullshit when it comes to uh, violating certain uh, certain aspects of, of the military. That, what's uh, codes? Certain statutes, protocol, and codes protocols. of conduct. There it is, codes of conduct. But uh, she knows one. She either knows that she's not going to get punished for it because she's too good, but she also knows that with that confidence of how good she is she can hold the rest of her group on her back and i find i find that very intriguing and um, i'm a big fan of all of our our voice actors for this as well i think and not just because uh fiona is a goddamn cinnamon bun but she's also showing here of, of how much of a badass she is and uh, I'm excited to see her and and one grow throughout this. But I also like how Agent East is somebody that d that doesn't seem to not like being number two to Agent One. Um, I see a lot of uh, Simmons. I, I would if if I was to combine like combine certain characters, I see a lot of Doc and Axel. Doc and uh, Simmons in Axel, in the sense of oh no no not Doc that's a terrible that's a terrible thing to say. Um, I was gonna say hang on. <laughs> yeah yeah no um I maybe maybe Donut because he seems to be in inherently good and, but no that's I had it and I lost it but I I see regardless I see a lot of Simmons in Axel Raymond seems to be an evolution of a Griff type character but he's still. Uh, like a tech guy and intelligent so maybe even he is a, a griffin simmons combination but um and then of course uh west is our uh i mean sarge he's he's our man in charge and uh, sarge the man in charge i i like how, <laughs> how sort of shades of the original cast and the original group group we're getting but the fact that at least for one east axel and raymond we're seeing a fair amount of youth and this is a group that I feel like anybody who watches this show can get behind real easy. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. I feel like this introduction is giving us what we're going to get personality-wise, at least in small bits. The competitiveness, the Axel wanting to, hey, maybe not do anything crazy, poor Raymond along for the ride. Like, I feel like this was a good introduction in terms of here's what you're getting for the personalities. Um, I'm going to argue with you a bit there, Mark. I don't really want to try to slot these characters hmm. into no, previous no, no. roles. And, I'm, and I'm not trying to. I'm just saying that there are certain aspects where I go, oh, that that line, this, this type of um, the way that they're acting in this situation reminds me like the guts of red versus blue are still here. That oh, yeah. that's essentially yeah. what I'm trying to say. That is a very good point. I'm just I just I'm trying to divest from the previous crew because just because we've had them for so so long and this season is going out on a limb and doing its own thing, I'm trying not to make those comparisons myself honestly just to try to give this new season a chance because there is a hell of a pedigree for this show and it's difficult to live up to so for me i don't want to try to make those comparisons i want to try to take it on its own for the character types and the tropes and whatnot that they are using instead of just being like he's you know he's kind of like griff yeah he is kind of like griff and he's also like every other nerd who has been thrown into the deep end and had like I'm thinking of uh, Black Lagoon, honestly. Our main character in Black Lagoon, who is a Japanese businessman who gets thrown in with mercenaries and is kind of like, ah! That's the trope type that Raymond is hitting for me, and I love it. So I'm, I'm taking a slightly different approach here. And honestly, I am in. I like that in our preview, we kind of got the, oh yeah, East has a superpower, which I wish they would tell us what it was. <laughs> Axel is our golden boy and our weapons guy. West is our team dad. Like, I appreciate the trailer kind of spelling it out for us just so we know what we're in for. Because this episode gave us shades of it. But I also like having things laid out because I'm a simple human with simple needs. Is it too early to ask people to pick favorites? <laughs> Mark? I mean, uh Aforementioned cinnamon bunness aside, uh, just the comment of one in the trailer of "you're a butt" is like straight up. I'm I'm super down with this character and seeing how badass she is. Um, I think uh, Raymond is going to be very relatable, uh, but in terms of Shatter Squad, I think I'm. I it's hard to not go with one. Megan, uh, yeah, at the moment one. Uh, and I'm basing that mostly off of what we've gotten from her in this episode rather than what we got in the trailers. Um, because she, I mean, one, I just respect anybody who can do uh, 50 push-ups without hesitation. I can't even <laughs> do one. So way to go, one. Um, but no, like just her her confidence, her determination to win, Um like, these are all things that I find very endearing. Um, and I know that from the trailer, we know that she has some difficulty working with others. Um, so that's going to be very interesting because she, obviously, they're a part of a very, I mean, they're they're good. And, like, they're, they are a great team. But she also seems to be like, no, it's my way. My way is best. And at one point during the trailer, uh, Agent Carolina says she could lead the team if she was better about being a team player. And so that makes me wonder if her eventual character, uh, that that makes me think that out of all of them, she's probably got the most room to change and grow as the season goes on. Although technically they all do because we know that East has a bit of a rivalry there. Um and Raymond being our new guy, you know, he could very, this could very well be the beginning of his hero's journey. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there, but there's also a soft, like a teeny tiny, like, so one is my favorite, but I am going to point out right here and now that I have such a soft spot for team dad characters. <laughs> so West being team dad, I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. Oh yeah. I immediately pegged onto West just like, oh, Team dad, team dad, team dad. 
because I am always, always, always for team dad, adopted dad. These are my adopted kids. Don't ever speak to me or my son or my son's son again. <laughs> like, those are my types of character. I love them. So I'm in it to win it for the team, but best believe I'm keeping eyes on West. The the only thing that really concerns me about getting too attached to West is what I said about Agent One earlier, like the the whole idea, like oh she could lead this team, uh, which makes me wonder if like West isn't definitely going to die, so that then she has to step it up to be that team leader. I re- but I don't want it. I don't want Daddy to die. <laughs> That's you go, Mark. That's not your decision. <laughs> Like, wow! I mean, it's not me either, but it, in the sense of like, if this is supposed to be a season that breaks the red versus blue conventions that we know, then anybody's on the table, really. Like, except I, yeah, for potentially Wash and Carolina, because I mean, there even are some things mm-hmm. you don't do. At the same time, you know, we weren't expecting them to come back just because we were supposing that this was going to be like clean slate, like this was going to be something where we knew it was happening in world. But I would say that like they're directly in league with the the events that are going to be happening, especially with what they do to Washington and what Washington does by the end of the episode and what we get of Carolina in the trailer. Like there's, I'm happy that these characters are back because I've always been a fan of these characters and their relationship, but I wonder how, and, and especially as somebody who hasn't finished season 17, I, though I'm, I know what happens. uh, It's a thing of how far will they go with them to deviate from the place that we left them at? Will there be, will there be any sort of a a new spin like, Maybe not a new spin, but a new aspect of these characters that we hadn't seen. Like, it, it seems like Carolina is going to have to deal with not being able to do anything, which seems like her biggest pet peeve of just like, let me let me finish it. I, I can solve this. I can do this. But uh, I'm hurt. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited regardless with all of these characters, with whatever's going to happen and who's going to die. Probably was. <laughs> I appreciate it's not your decision because that was hilarious, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, you made me laugh so hard my face hurts. <laughs> it's not things that we need during 2020: face hurting laughter. <laughs> yeah, no, that is a very good point, though, because we've gotten so again. This is taking some recalibration from it being a continuation of what we know versus it being a brand new season with brand new characters because you get accustomed to the idea of the blood gulch crew plus the two freelancers that they have adopted are (laughs) vaguely immortal (laughs) you just the the plot armor is too thick the one time that we actually tried to kill one for good it didn't fucking take which Again, I love the later development that we got with Donut, and I am grateful that we got that for him and that he moved beyond the stereotype that he was established as. But also, this, the, the pre- I completely lost the word that I was using for setting a... Precedent. Thank you. My brain went preposition and then premonition, and neither of those are correct. Good, but not correct. Precipitation. The setting- <laughs> the precipitation. You're losing your perspicacity. <laughs> uh, take a shot every time Megan does a Simpsons reference on it this was podcast. It a pretty solid one. Yeah. I'm losing the my perspicacity. Always in the last place you look for it. But setting the precedent that our main characters cannot die for good has and again i i say this as someone who has been neck deep and sinking in this fandom for the past 10 years has definitely caused some audience shifts and has definitely caused very specific ways of looking at the show to the point where i remember having to ask for confirmations as to whether certain villains had died because the fandom at large just cannot believe it because we set that precedent of, oh, it was a big, very dramatic thing. Holy shit, Donut's dead. Lol, JK. So I appreciate that we kind of have that off the table, that we have this brand new squad, that we have this brand new villain set, and that we have no guarantees 
Like, I like that we are going into that. It's not a complete clean slate, but I like that we're kind of shaking off some of our usual red versus blue tropes. I'm in for that. Straight up. Like, I'm really anything is on the table. Like, as much as they've set up certain certain characters like it's entirely possible that that raymond could like come into his own and really be a big squad member or he could mess up on the first mission and die and that and like like really like we we don't know we don't have that establishment of like because that would because that could do one of two things. One, Raymond can overcome and become a stronger character and help bring the group together. Or two, that could show how dire the situation that the the Viper Squad has introduced into this world. Like it, it there, there are multiple ways to go with certain stories in order to establish how dire certain and how serious certain situations are. And we really don't know anything. There is nothing wrong with sacrificing a character at the altar of plot development, provided it is actual development and you're not just bridging them for cheap drama. So yeah, I'm in. I trust that we can do that this season. And I think before we move in and talk about the other crazy-ass half of this episode, I think we should take a minute and talk about iTunes. So... Thank you to everyone who has shown up, who has left reviews on all of our various streaming services on iTunes, who has participated. We love you guys. And as always, leaving reviews is how we get noticed. It helps with our ratings. It helps other people find us. So if you would like to reach out to someone that you may never meet and help them find a podcast that you love, leaving a review is a really good way to do it. It's also extremely effective if you reach out to someone that you do know and directly link the podcast to them. Like, that's also a really good way to do things. But just in general, feeding the algorithm, reviews are wonderful. Have I missed anything about them? It's been a very long time since I've done a live read about Please Review Us. iTunes good. Uh, we have a Discord and a Public and uh, Twitter. iTunes good. <laughs> iTunes good, Discord good, Tee Public good. Currently on sale, I think at the time of this recording. At the time of recording, but by the time out. by the time it goes out, probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> keep. But I would say keep checking because there have been like two sales within the past like couple of weeks, and so you can get shirts that are usually twenty bucks go down to thirteen. So it's a great thing. We still get like a percentage of it and there's some really cool merchandise on there stuff that we have to update to be sure also there's definitely going to be a black friday sale because there's always oh, yeah. a black friday sale yeah. yeah that's coming down the line so the discord the twitter the t public and of course you're listening to this now all of that wonderful stuff is under the rooster team so check us out because we're amazing and so are you and we should all be amazing together. Speaking of amazing things, let's move on to the other half of this episode. Because I'm going to take a moment and just let that Megan giggle settle. I like these guys. <laughs> and we are introduced, for one, this is when we got the news that Wash and Carolina were back in play and we got major Washington, which is a lot of Wait, what? What? When the fuck did that happen? We get the nice little plot drop that Wash's brain has been fixed thanks to advanced technology and also kitchen appliances, which is extremely red versus blue. Let's be real. But we get the introduction of the Viper Squad. We get the introduction of Diesel, FaZe, and Zero, who all sound like they shop at Hot Topic with names like that. And <laughs> I, for one, am here for our villains, and I would like to hear what you've got to think. Megan. Uh, to, to quote Mark from earlier, I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, that was Mark quoting you. <laughs> what? Viper Squad, oh. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. I really like these guys. Uh, I like... You know, you know, again with um with 
the the machinima format that we've had uh basically from the get-go of the series you know it's it's made all of the characters virtually the same height and for a long time for a long time everyone had the exact same type of armor and obviously as the halo games progressed um that changed up, you know, people initially got little emblems and then the armor itself got to change, which was really cool. Uh, but it's very, very rare that we straight up get a different sort of completely different character design. And that's what Diesel is. He is head and shoulders above everybody else. And I, I again, I'm not into the halo games per se but i don't think they're you know i feel like every every game you're basically playing as master chief you know the so there's a lot of standardization when it comes to suits of armor and even though the games have evolved and changed and um we've seen how that is it like if you only follow red versus blue you've seen how that's progressed but again straight up different character design so that there's a guy that's straight up head and shoulders above everybody else that's really cool to see and so it's it's really cool getting to look at a character like that and be like yeah he's imposing oh my goodness <laughs> and then uh, you know, I don't really have too many thoughts on Zero other than he's team leader and um, he's driven and vaguely British, I guess. Um, and I, Is he British or Aussie? I don't know. <laughs> he has an accent of some he's sort. He's regal. <laughs> <laughs> he is a cinema chain. I am terrible at uh, distinguishing <laughs> dialects and accents, um, so I'm not sure where he's from. But we don't really have much from him so much as he's just kind of ruthless and, um, and you know, the other two very imposing members of his team follow him. Uh, so that'll be, it'll be interesting to see ultimately what his motive is in trying to get alien tech and everything like that. That'll be interesting. But guys, the one that steals the show. Oh, Faze. She is just incredible with her teleportation powers and just the the fight choreography and just how graceful and cool she is. And guys like, oh man, she's just so cool and nifty the, and <laughs> one that sealed it for me was the the casket drop, the coffin drop that she did where she threw the wife away and just and just hit like knowing I have enough time to do this cool badass pose and be across the room. I, I'm going to step back and say, did you just say threw the wife away? <laughs> I think you did. Sure. I mean, knife wife. That's what's in my head. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> knife wife is the MVP of this episode. Knife wife. Knife wife. I honestly, I, at this point, my brain is referring to them as fisticuffs Reinhardt and knife Sombra. So I don't really have a nickname for Zero. He just happens to be zero in my brain. Uh, Mark, did you want to continue to talk about Knife Wife or talk about any of our other squad members? So I'm, I am I like me some Diesel. He's To me, he's the most imposing character that we've seen since the meta, since Agent Main, really. Like, I know, and that's part of... Uh, and, and yeah, I know the Pantheon of Gods, but to me, that's like... It's still kind of forgettable to me, which I hate to say. But I'm going to fight you on that one there locus okay fair enough yeah no locus thank you yeah i then, then let me say this he has a physical uh uh presence that uh matches hit here too to the meta and locus there that's my box quote um, i concur yes there you go but um i'm i'm a big fan of how imposing he is i wonder how much brain is in there and and i hope that it's like legitimately because he's like this is fun or like don't like oh, i'm gonna get over here like he seems to be so so aggro i'm gonna wreck it yes really really um but i i like you know sometimes you need that physical presence in order to it's like it's brain finesse and power like the, those are the three uh, th this is the Viper Triforce. Um, but <laughs> I, was, I was a big fan of Diesel's like super powered drop kick that totally killed that guy. Um, but uh, like each of these villains shows why they're dangerous and why we should be taking them seriously as a threat. And 
when it came to zero, I think I said this on our, on our, uh, whenever we talked about RTX, because who knows when that was, um, but (laughs) time uh, is an illusion. Time is made of circles and that is why clocks are round. But with zero, his, his little bit of leaving phase and diesel to, uh, to their devices to torture agent Washington for information to, uh, our end credits. Like once the track hit, um, I was just like, this is a bad guy. This is a bad man. And, and like, he, he is probably capable of so much worse than what we saw. And I'm here for it. What a, what a wonderful group of villains we have here. Yeah, Zero is obviously at the head of our team, and he is obviously spearheaded whatever the hell is going on here. He's the one who, I would imagine that he is the one that assembled this team. He is the one that knows what they are going after. If anyone knows what this quote-unquote ultimate power is, it's him. So, yeah, we're looking at someone with brain, and we're also looking at someone with a boner for murder. Um (laughs) Honestly, I will do all the RVB quotes I can. It is my license. I'm like, allow me this fun. But yeah, just for me, the bit for him where I just stopped and went, that was amazing. And also, Jesus Christ, was starting a grenade and sticking it on someone and saying, hold this and just walking away. Because that is one of my favorite gags for people to do, protagonists and antagonists, is just hold this and it's a ticking time bomb, a grenade, a whatever, something that is going to cause some harm. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. That is absolutely right. Um, In terms of the other two, I am going to take a moment to address the elephant in the room. Yes, Diesel has been recast since the last time we saw him. That happened for capital R reasons. If you don't already know them, you are welcome to Google search them on your own time. We are not getting into that. But his new voice actor is Damon Mills, who does a hell of a job. I like it so much better. Like the second he says, get over here is the point where I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, For me, me it was the laughter because like... The the other one was so cartoony and mustache twirly that I'm like, for multiple reasons, I'm very happy that this role was recast, but I think Damon Mills is going to absolutely kill it. I also, th- oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I not to sound, uh, not to reiterate the point too much, but it was a good decision. And honestly, one I'm really, really glad they made. I was really worried about having to brace myself for the entire <laughs> for the entire, <laughs> for the entire run, run of this show. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad I don't have to do that. I'm really glad I can just sit back and enjoy this performance. Thank God there are no lip flaps to match. But even if there were, Damon Mills can do that. Yeah, so I, I appreciate Diesel in... We've had huge bruisers before. You brought up uh, the meta and Locus. We haven't had bruisers who are pants on head stupid. <laughs> and I really like I really like I that mean, we finally have that. Well, we have the meta who was He wasn't stupid, but many... he was mute and he was he just seemed to be a lot like he seemed to be controlled very easily, but I don't know if we inherently knew like intelligence level. Well, it was for a while it was Sigma running the game there. Exactly. And that is really weird to say given how deep I've been into Overwatch recently. Get out of here, Wood. brain there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to turn that music off and uh, set things on fire. Anyway, so we know that Maine as a person was extremely competent, if just not very verbose. We know that Sigma as an AI was terrifyingly competent and at one point essentially burned Maine out and took over. And then the meta that we had in season eight was essentially the remnants running the show. So it's still an intelligent persona in there, if extremely one-track mind and driven. Locus is Locus, and we could write a whole ass book about that man and his box of issues. But he was also an intelligent human being. This is the first time that we've just had a full-on bruiser idiot. And I am here for it. I love this so much. Yeah, I I always kind of saw the meta um, more as a horror movie monster than... He is. <laughs> like a yeah. Michael Myers type. 
like a Michael Myers or a Jason type for sure. Um, you know, that that silent, imposing, somehow I'm going to catch up to you even though you're running and I'm just walking sort of uh, sort of deal. Locus, um, he was imposing, but he was so into his own drama, <laughs> if that makes any sense. He was so busy trying to justify his own actions to himself and the role that he was playing that even though he was dangerous, I never really saw him in the same light as like mustache twirly villain or anything like that. If anything, Diesel is, he reminds me a little bit more of Felix actually, less in the the evil manipulative sort of way. And just more of like, this is a guy who takes pleasure in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he doesn't have the, the intellect that Felix has. Um, but I also feel like Felix wishes he didn't have to rely on his intellect to hurt people. Like, I feel like he wishes he had the muscle that Locus and Diesel had so that he didn't have to rely on them. Um, but anyway, that's, that's again, that's a discussion for another day. We can delve into those characters at a later date. I, but yeah, just looking at Diesel and seeing this big tank who loves what he does it's a lot of fun and yeah i definitely winced every single time he kicked a person who wasn't in armor and i'm like oh yeah they're definitely dead (laughs) well and i appreciate what we have for the animation this season because for one we have that in-person camera which is amazing but we also have at least in this opening episode people out of armor which we couldn't have when it was mostly machinima or all machinima back in the early days. Everyone had armor in one capacity or another. And so having this and really highlighting the differences between the people who have power armor and the people who don't just makes those impacts hit that much harder. Agreed. Like, Diesel, you could tell, like, when people were wearing armor you didn't necessarily know how hurt people were or how hurt people could get. But when Diesel started running through those fools, he was killing them like straight up, just, just doing a murder though. I do appreciate the symbolism of starting a show with two guys. I mean, first of all, we got a cameo from Bernie, so that's cool. And by Bernie, I mean, Eric Badur. It's a joke, but um (laughs) Like, I like how we have two guys messing around, like just talking at work, sort of like how the original show began. And that, uh, that conception that, or that, what's the word I'm looking for? That concept concept. Hi, language is fun. Um, but that, that idea of with this scene, they broke through the, the, here we go. The conceptions that people had of what, red versus blue was and what it could be like instantly it's this isn't a kevin smith movie where everybody talks halfway through and of i'm not trying to devalue red versus blue things and by that but this isn't this isn't what you think it's going to be and we're going to kickstart it right now sort of like lancelot in holy grail is just like two guys looking out and here comes this this moment <laughs> is just going to through people the homicidally brave so diesel <laughs> Oh my god. No, it's just homicidal. He's not Sir anything. He's the local barbarian. I mean, if we're gonna D&D class these people, it is barbarian, rogue, I don't even fucking know for Zero yet. He is either a bard with fighter levels, or I don't know. We don't have enough on Zero to know yet. He's multi-classed. But Diesel is just straight up and down, barbarian, I would like to rage. There's one thing we can all agree on. They're definitely murder hobos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a plan. They are the evil campaign, and it's perfect. And they have showed up to this base to obtain what may or may not be alien technology, question mark. It's totally alien technology. And the coordinates to an alien temple, which evidently Wash knows. The question as to whether or not we're going back to Chorus or going somewhere else completely, Mm. because if you know your Halo lore, there is alien and forerunner tech all over the goddamn place, has yet to be answered because we had an 11 and a half minute introduction and 
we're not here to answer questions in an 11 and a half minute introduction. We are here to make your jaw drop on the floor and make you watch the rest of the season. So we have, we have one hell of a fight that goes down incredibly quickly in... We, we, we talked about this a little bit in our RTX episode, and honestly, because we talked about this episode in our RTX episode, we are going to be hitting some of the same points for those of you who have listened to the RTX episode. So thank you for coming back. We love you. Strap in. Um, I can understand why they use the, hey, we're bringing these badasses back, and then having the villains beat them down so you know that our villains are badasses. I'm on the fence as to whether this instance is a case of Worf has the flu. I don't think it is, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about this one and about the usage of our freelancers here, but I'm okay with, all right, we need to establish this. It's not really much of an establishing shot if they roll up and just beat up a whole bunch of people who aren't in armor. That's, that's not, okay, what are we doing here? So yes, I... Yeah, that's all I have to say about that one, honestly. Megan, Mark, any thoughts? I I don't mind the, you know, it is a trope of like, hey, you know, we're gonna... I definitely get the, the Worf has the flu thing. Uh, I, I definitely understand that comparison. But for me, the it works in this particular context. Um, one, Wash and Carolina never got the opportunity to fight together. Uh, They were attacked separately and ganged up on. Um, And two, uh, uh, Katie might argue with me on this one, given um, how Wash was treated, but neither of these characters got killed (laughs) in this introduction. Um, Citation needed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for me, one of my biggest pet peeves of the horror franchise, of any long horror running horror franchise, is when the surviving character of a previous film gets killed within the first act of the sequel. I don't mind if they die in the sequel. What I mind is when they die in the first act. That, to me, is really frustrating. And I'm like, no, I was invested in them. I cared. Like, if you're gonna kill them off, like, make me care. <laughs> Do it in a cool way. Cl- make it the climax of the movie. Um, so to me, it's just that we're treating these characters like bleh, like nothing. We're tossing them away at the very beginning. And that's not what's happening to Wash and Carolina here. And Wash and Carol, at the, at the very least, Carolina is going to be a presence a little bit in this season. And I'm looking forward to that because I adore both those characters, and so I know that this was supposed to be kind of a clean slate, but I I will enjoy having one or both of their snarky commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, um, so- the, the, something I will say is uh, on the, like the, the little bit of, of a clip that we get of Carolina with the cast on, it has Shatter Squad signing it, and I don't see Wash's signature. So either he's a so okay. So one of a couple things happened. Either he is in traction in a hospital bed in a coma, something like that, and couldn't sign it because he would. Uh, or is it, uh, he he's, uh, he's, he can't he can't cause of death. <laughs> So either they brought him back just to yeet him off this mortal coil, which fucking thanks. Um, I am. Um, I mean, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, we we've he'll be hurting. fine. Someone get some spare parts from a toaster. Yeah, hurt, yeah. It. hurting wash to hurt the fandom. We have beaten that horse to death it's at the glue factory like (laughs) that's that's the one that's the one thing that they brought back from previous seasons was beating up wash to hurt the fandom (laughs) and it's like we get it we know that's why he exists pick a new target let him rest and they're like oh in pieces and we're like not like that uh as i sit here scripting my own john mulaney style comedy routine about this evidently um so either he's dead, which fucking why, really? Um, or he is too injured to be able to function. And I say that as someone who 
100% thinks that that nice little tool we saw went straight into those implants, which is a capital P problem. But, you know, eh, that's probably what happened. Or, or Viper Squad took him with them. We don't know. We don't know. We've got Schrodinger's Wash right now. God, I haven't said Schrodinger's Wash since season 11. Oh my God. It's been 10 years. <laughs> It's been seven years, so yeah. It's been Close. 84. It's been 84 years, yeah. Again, time is made of circles, and that is why clocks are round. So we currently have Schrodinger's Wash. What else is new? Tick that off the bingo card. Um, Yeah, I legitimately do think that his implants are fucked, because we had that, you're not going to stick that in anything, are you? And I'm like, okay, well, we've got about half a dozen options, and I know what the joking one is, but that looks like a piece of technology meant to interface with other pieces of technology, and we made a really big deal right at the start of this episode to talk about how your onboard technology was repaired. So, yeah. So I think he's out of commission right now, and we're going to get something heartrending later on. But, you know, I'm used to being a Wash fan. They hurt us as a matter of course. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if either of you have anything to say about that, or if we would just like to talk about ultimate power. He'll be fine. <laughs> Forgiven values of fine. Maybe maybe the Agent Washington is the friends that we made along the way. <laughs> that was most of his character arc, yes. Yeah. We just, we just can't let sleeping dogs lie. I'm telling you, they trot him out to hurt us. That's the point. Because at, at, they know that we'll react. And at the, the same time... Is, it's 2020, and we've been hurt by life too much to be able to go, yeah, okay. I, I would say, just because nobody said it yet, uh, if this were if this were a character death, this would be the worst character death of all time. <laughs> you missed ever. Uh, yeah. Ever. Flip. How? Jeez. What was that? Season six. Yes. yes. And then they kept bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> well. well <laughs> I'm gonna I keep bringing the booze back to my mouth. <laughs> I am That's excited fine. though because season six was such a bold departure at the time and thank you for bringing it up Mark and it has remained my favorite season to date and so I'm really excited for this season being such a bold departure from everything that came before I'm like ooh does season six have some competition in my heart I think it might Eight is still my favorite because Wash attempting to be a villain and just failing left, right, and center is still one of my favorite things. But uh, 13 is pretty far up there for me. Show good. <laughs> Show is good. And that's three. Show good. I like him. I like him. I like, I like show. <laughs> my God, if I that's our... This is going to be our running joke for this season, isn't it? I like it's, it. It's probably going to be a new shirt by the time the fucking episode goes up. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like show. I like show. <laughs> iTunes good. <laughs> I like it. And the last thing we kind of have to touch on is this ultimate power, which may or may not be of ultimate destiny. Um, from the show, we know it's at an alien temple. Thank you, Diesel, for running your mouth. From the trailer, we know that at least Zero believes that whoever controls this power becomes unstoppable. Uh, what your version of unstoppable is in this show varies from season to season. Your mileage may vary. We did just have gods this past season, so, you know. But it's what Zero believes to be unstoppable so there's some context for it so uh do we want to throw some theories at the wall as to what this ultimate power might be santa <laughs> <laughs> look if we get santa back i will be thrilled like i would love it if if it was a bunch of like smaller if if we were like seeing some glimpses into the previous 17 seasons of this show it would be <laughs> small stuff like stuff that um like maybe maybe some stuff from the um 
the 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 sea the departure season what was it where we had a bunch of like mini stories and things of that nature like if anything could be translated from that into something like this um but i i don't know like the the only the first thing that came to my mind was legit santa and like i don't <laughs> looking at what sort of the rest of the season what some of the the teaser images have been i don't know if it's anything that we can legitimately expect well no that's why we're throwing shit at the wall right now to see what sticks and to see if one of us randomly manages to hit on it so at the end of the season we can be like oh my god you guys this then is i will stick i will stick with santa i don't necessarily i feel like i'm not versed enough in halo lore to make an accurate prediction as to what the ultimate power uh, Zero is searching for could be, but I would like to throw out something as a bit of a wish list item, if that's okay. Do Can it. I do that? Do it. I want this supposed ultimate power that Zero and his friends, cohorts, coworkers, colleagues are after. I want it to be a trap. I want it to actually be something meant to lure people there to unleash a new wave of the flood. Oh, I was going to say that, like, I was about to as you say were saying that. that. As you were saying that, I was like, wait, have we done anything with the flood yet? No, and the thing is, because I did this deep dive at one point for lore research purposes. I wasn't kidding when I said I've been in this fandom for 10 years. Every single person who has been lead writer or showrunner for Red versus Blue has refused to confirm whether or not the flood exists in the red versus blue universe to the point where they also refuse to confirm if part of earth is glassed because that happened in halo three as a result of the flood. So it's one of those things where we also kind of have Schrodinger's flood. It's halo fan fiction. Does the flood exist in this universe? We don't know. And nobody has confirmed or denied it. So I definitely am also like, I think that might be a little too extreme for we're getting an eight episode season for starters. Well, we know it's going to be eight episodes. We don't know if it's going to be self-contained, but we do know it's eight episodes. Mm, it's not going to be terribly long. I feel like that might be too high stakes for one thing, but Megan, I'm a little mad that you went before me because that's what I wanted to say. Well, I mean, if they're trying to establish this new, like this, this really is a start from the beginning, um, utilizing something from the Halo universe to try to get people, like, not to say that they haven't utilized stuff from the Halo universe, or universe before, but to to hear, oh, they're doing the flood. Because I was thinking, oh, is it going to be Forerunners? Is it going to, like, what? Eh, that's, eh. but thinking of this team has to come together. Agent One has to not has to go above herself and her abilities and rely on other people what better way to do that by introducing a horde that doesn't care like you really like teamwork in a zombie slash flood scenario is key and and i think that it could be not that it's the only option but it could be a good option to end not, I mean I don't think that they would deal with the flood but like you say Megan maybe the end of the season is they get rid of the quote big bad which isn't necessarily Viper Squad and unleash the flood <laughs> oh no we did a bad cliffhanger and then we get RVB zero season two I like it 0 0.1 0.1 <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll want it it's, it's good I like it <laughs> So yeah, pie in the sky predictions include the flood, Santa, and I am going to go with if we're going to roll a little more D&D, &D, a charisma-based power. Because that seems so antithetical to so much of what you see, but if you really want to be unstoppable, you don't mow people down, you get them to follow you. Mm. This is how cults work. Um <laughs> Please tell us more. Uh, about cults? No. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, because then we start getting into politics, and I'm done with that. So, 
Yeah, so that's that's our three potential pie in the sky, Santa, the Flood, and cults. Um, yeah, I'm in. I think that says a lot about all of us as people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it speaks volumes. Ah, do we have any final thoughts or predictions on this? Mark, you got anything for us? I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out. Um, has anybody put together a parody of that one song in Hamilton where uh, Hamilton and Burr are writing back to each other, but it's the director and the chairman? <laughs> I don't think so, but please write it. Make it say- real. Oh, 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 like, your obedient servant. Yeah, that. But it's where it's like, dear chairman. Like that stuff. Like the classic OG from uh, Reconstruction, I think it was. L. Church. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Grove doesn't scan. TM, 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 TM. First, I'll look for it and see if it exists. And if not, I'll figure it out. Um, but other than I that, I think... In you. I think we, I think we talked like, I'm just excited to see what's next because we've got some badass villains. We've got some badass heroes. Let's see what happens when they cross paths and how long it'll take. Megan. I'm excited. I like it. I want, I want some more of it. (laughs) I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Uh, But yeah, no, this, this is a promising start. Um, And it's always fun getting to start a new season of Red versus Blue, but I think it's been a long, uh, I don't want to rag on like the current show because it's great and it's still fun and entertaining, but again, it's some, it's really cool to see something new and I'm really excited to see what this team brings to the table because even though RTX was a literal million years ago, it was literal ages, um, like they're excitement and passion for this season it it's in it's infectious and i i cannot wait to see all their hard work pay off um throughout the rest of the season it's, yeah it's exciting to, to reiterate on that if you haven't watched the red versus blue panel just to get torian's energy that the show's director his energy makes me so excited for what this show is, what it could be, and its future. And congratulations to him and the team for creating a fresh look of something that's in its 18th season. Wow. My God, yes. I actually have my notes open from a thousand years ago. And the quote that I wrote down was, it's not the Citizen Kane of Red vs. Blue, but it does have fun action scenes. So that coupled with the they're doing Fast and the Furious for Red vs. Blue, like, we know what we're in for. We're in for a fun, crazy, high-octane ride. And with that set of expectations, with that new set of tropes that we're looking at, and this new set of characters, I'm in. I'm excited. This looks like fun. And I am here for it. So yeah, I think we are all super happy to be here, and unfortunately we have to come to a close for tonight, but don't worry, there'll be another one later. But for now, Mark, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark B. Donica. Whenever I am on Instagram, it's usually just my stories, so you re- you, you gotta tune in or you're gonna miss it. Um, but any usually any anytime I'm working on something or uh, I'm in the middle of like a really cool idea, like I post really silly ideas on there, and sometimes they evolve into something else. So if you want to see that silliness and dumbness, make sure to to follow me there. Also, if you're a fan of theme parks, I have a podcast with my wife called Party of Two. Uh, so follow us on Twitter there at Party of Two Pod. We release the show every Wednesday. And this week, we're going to be talking about the mistakes of Disney World deciding to do Christmas programming and all of the problems therein. If you're listening to this not right when the show comes out, then, hey, go listen to our whole catalog. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I do a uh, <laughs> I, I do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, where my co-host Will Link loves Lost and I don't. And we talk about it. 
And I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to Rooster Team things and all Rooster Teeth (laughs) shows and other things, they live on that YouTube channel. I am also on a podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast. We're on a hiatus because Overwatch League is currently on hiatus, but uh, with the massive amount of trades and pickups coming down the line, I think we're due for another episode soon. So keep an eye out for that if you like Overwatch things. As always, please follow us on social medias and whatnot at The Rooster Team. Join our Discord. Come say hi. Stop by the Tee Public store. Remember, we got that Black Friday sale coming down, and uh, if you're a socially responsible human being you wear a mask and we sell masks and it's awesome and yeah please join us for the next episode it's going to be super fun and as always we end with the important things wear a mask if you're going outside if you're just stepping outside to walk the dog or get your mail or whatever it is anytime you walk out your front door wear a mask it protects you to some extent and more to the point it protects other people Support your essential workers. Take care of each other. Thank you for voting. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for voting. For those of you who live in Georgia, we're going to need you to vote again real soon, so we really believe in you. Please vote. Thank you. Uh, Black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Black LGBTQIA lives matter. Black lives matter. Defund the police. Support the post office. And take care of each other, you guys. That is the only way we are going to make it through this. 2020 is almost over, all 800,000 years of it. And we want to end it well. So take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We love you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 